Are you ready for the word? Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the minister, the teacher in us. And we rely upon him to take up the things of Jesus and reveal them to us this morning. We desire to be transformed from glory to glory, to be conformed to the image of Jesus, your son. Holy Spirit, do the work through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, no, yeah, we climax at Sunday, we're having 40 hours of worship. Say 40 hours of worship. I pray that the 40 hours of worship will become for all of us a lifetime of worship in the name of Jesus. Because you see, worship is at the heart of our relationship with God. And so I want to talk this morning to help prepare myself and you for what is happening this weekend. I want to talk to you about worship. The meaning of worship. What it means to worship God in spirit and in truth. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, we're told by the Apostle Paul that one of the things that we should be doing as Christians is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Some translation would say it's our reasonable act of worship. Present your bodies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, as your reasonable act of worship, your reasonable response of worship to God who has loved you, has forgiven you, has created you, has saved you, has blessed you, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. So it needs to be clear to us that worship is more than a song. You've heard me say that to you before. Now, the songs are important. God loves to hear us sing songs to him. So while worship is more than a song, the, the singing of the songs and the speaking of the words bring delight to God. God is blessed when we sing songs, love songs to him. God is blessed when we speak love words to him. God is blessed when we express our gratitude, our gratefulness to him. So these songs we sing, these words we speak that express our gratitude to God, minister to him. They bless his heart. And so God's people ought to be singing songs to the Lord and ought to be speaking love words to him. They minister to him. But for them to minister to him, they have to be more than just words. Those words that come out of our mouth should come from a place of sincerity in our hearts. So 
Let's prepare for this weekend to truly worship. Let's come to sing songs. Let's come to express words of gratitude and praise to him. But let our worship this weekend don't be merely empty words. I see Denise there, and, and I'm reminded of an illustration Denise you gave many, many years ago. It stuck with me. And she was, it was one of those marriage things. And she said, she said, listen to you men. He said, listen, she was likening intimacy between a man and a woman to praise and worship. And she said, men, and you, you know, women, 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 women love to be told, I love you. You're beautiful. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. They love it. Men love it too. Amen. Love to have their wives speak of them uh, in ways that honor them and express their gratitude for them. We, we love that. It feels good. Uh, but Denise was saying to us men, she said, listen, if you want worship at night, she said, you got to have some praise <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> in other words, you can't just ignore God or ignore your partner, husbands. You can't just ignore your partner, be completely insensitive to her needs, ignore her all day, and expect at night when you're in bed, when you reach over and touch her and say, I love you, for her to take you seriously. Don't be surprised when you do that to hear her say, yeah, right, I'm tired. Why? Because for the words to truly minister to her or to be uh, believed, they can't just be uttered when you want something from her. Right? For her to really believe it and appreciate it and for it to minister to her, it has to be not something you say only when you're trying to get her to give you something. For our praise and for our worship to really minister to the Lord, it can't just be when we want something from God. So I praise you, God. I worship you, God. I, I will serve you, God. I will give to you, God, because I want something. The rest of the time, we ignore God. We're not available to him. When he tells us to do something, we're not willing to do it. When it comes to serving him, we're not willing to serve him. The only time we're ready to, quote unquote, say some things and sing some songs and serve him is when we're hoping that that would get us what we want or what we feel we need from God at that time. Are you hear me? Don't be among those who only come to church when they have a need who only offer to serve God and to do the things God is telling them or God is wanting them to do when they want something. 
No, let the words we speak and the songs we sing come from a place of real gratitude for all that he is. A real love for him who has loved us so much that he was willing to give his only begotten son on the cross to die for us. Let our words express the sincerity of our hearts. Then they truly minister to God in Jesus' name. Worship, true worship, is an expression of our love for God in response to his love for us. But worship is also a declaration of our allegiance to God and our submission to him. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and Satan showed up. And Satan began to tempt Jesus, and the Bible recorded three temptations. One temptation was, Jesus, you're hungry. Your stomach is empty. You have been sacrificing for 40 days. Now you have a right to eat and, and, and a right to satisfy the hunger that you feel. So since you are the son of God and you have power, take these stones and turn them into bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live, finish the sentence for me, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the next thing the devil did, he took Jesus, the Bible says, to the, to the, uh, uh, the temple, the, 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 the top of the temple, and, and said, look, Jesus, you can get all of these people to follow you right now if you would just do something absolutely traumatic. So why don't you do this? Jump from the temple. And you don't have to worry because it is written, he will give his angels charge over you. So you can do that. The people will be very impressed and you don't have to worry because the angels will keep you. And then Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then there was the third temptation. And that's the one that I want us to look at just a little bit closer. Closer than he said. Okay, Jesus, you see the kingdoms of this world. And you see the glory of these kingdoms. And he showed the, Jesus the wealth, the power, the prestige, all that could be his, the popularity, the things that so many people live and die for. He showed it to Jesus. Power, popularity, prestige, possession. He said, Jesus, I will give you not just some. Your worship, Jesus, is so important to me 
in order to have it, I will give you everything that you can see if you're only willing to bow down and worship me. Jesus looked the devil in the face, and I pray you would look him in the face. Amen, because the devil will offer you stuff for your worship. The devil will pay you for your worship. Amen, Jesus looked the devil in his face and said, listen, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord God alone. He's the only one you will serve. And so Jesus, with his response to the devil, settled the issue once and for all as far as he was concerned. There was no amount of money, possessions, power, popularity, pleasure, prestige that the devil or the world system could offer him that he would be willing to exchange his relationship with God for. He settled the issue. The devil offered him everything. Jesus said, no. What does your worship cost? How much does the enemy have to give you for you to be willing to serve him? Too many of us are willing to serve the devil, worship him for little. We're like Esau. We're willing to exchange our birthright for a bowl of soup, 10 minutes of sexual pleasure, a few minutes of fame. This is the World Cup and everybody wants to win the World Cup so they can be famous. And for little of nothing, we are willing to disobey God, willing to do what the devil is tempting us to do, exchanging our relationship with God for worldly possessions, pleasure, power, popularity, prestige. But Jesus shows us by his example what your attitude and my attitude should be. I don't know what the enemy is offering you and what you're willing to compromise and sacrifice in terms of your relationship with God in exchange for. But let's learn from the example of Jesus. Whatever the enemy is offering you in exchange for worship, say to him, settle the issue. Devil, it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only you will serve. Come and say that. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Settle that issue. Let the devil know where you stand when it comes to worship. Let 
The world know where you stand. Let yourself know. Don't be ambiguous about this, unclear, ambivalent. No, let yourself know who you worship, who you serve, who has a right to your time, absolute right to your, your possessions, absolute right to your gifts and your talents. Let the devil know it's not your family. Let your devil know it's not the world. Let the devil know it's not your stomach. Let the devil know it's not fame. Let the, let the devil know it's not sex. Let the devil know it's not sports. All of these things compete for your time and allegiance. And we end up prioritizing those things over our worship and our service to God. Hear me. Worship, real worship, involves the singing of songs, the speaking of words as expressions of our love. But worship is not just an expression of love. Worship is a declaration of allegiance and surrender to God. When the devil said to Jesus, worship me, the devil didn't say to Jesus, all I want you to do is sing songs or speak words. He says, I, I will give you everything if you will and worship if you will surrender your will to mine if you will submit to my authority if you will surrender if you will submit if you will offer your body as a living sacrifice to be used by me to further my kingdom agenda, my plans and my wills, I give you everything. And when Jesus said, it is written, you will serve the Lord your God and refuse to bow to the devil, he was declaring his allegiance to God. He was declaring his surrender, his submission, his service. He was offering himself as a living sacrifice to be the instrument by whom God would do his will, whatever that will entailed. And we see him now living this out. It was not just words. He lived it out every day. He presented himself as a living sacrifice. He said, my will is to do the will of him who sent me. That is worship. I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I, I do only that which I see my father do. It's not about me. It's about my father's will. It's not about pleasing myself. It's about pleasing my father. It's not about satisfying my stomach. It's about pleasing my father. He lived a life characterized by submission. So every day for him, he was worshiping. 
maybe 40 hours of worship, lead to a life of submission and surrender, of service and of sacrifice. Jesus did it every day, but we see it manifested perhaps most fully in the Garden of Gethsemane when he struggled in his body and in his mind with the idea of the cross and all that it meant. And yet he said to God, not my will, your will be done. I pray that you and I will have the grace to be able to say to God, no matter how hard it may be, how difficult it may be, how costly it might be, that we'll be able to say to God in our marriages, not my will, your will be done. In our relationships, not my will, your will be done. In my service to you, not my will, your will be done. In the jobs I do, in the businesses I operate, not my will, your will be done. In my relationship to the church, not my will, your will be done. Because it's not about me, it's about you. I submit, I surrender, I serve, I offer myself to you, my body to you to be a living sacrifice that you, O oh God, will work through. In Jesus' name. Come on, raise your hand and say, Father, I surrender to you. I submit to your will. I offer myself a living sacrifice for you to work through. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, when Jesus did that, when Jesus did that, when Jesus settled the issue once and for all, told the devil, amen, that he was going to serve God, that his allegiance was to God, he was on God's side. The declaration of allegiance to God and of surrender to God was also an act of war against the enemy. So worship is an expression of love with words, with song. Worship is a declaration of allegiance and surrender to God. God, we are on your side. Notice, I didn't say, God, you're on our side. Because many of us, that is why we focus on, God, you're on my side. God, you're on my side. God, you're, no, 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 really? It's not about God being on our side. It's about whether we're on. God's on your side. That's a fact. But the question is, are you on his side? And when it comes to worship, that's what you're declaring to God. You're declaring to the devil. You're declaring to yourself. And you're declaring to whoever will listen. I am on God's side. And if being on God's side takes me to the cross, I'll go to the cross. If being on God's side takes me to the mission field, 
I'll go to the mission field. If being on God's side takes me to tear up or requires I do this, I'll do it. Because I'm on God's side. I see a lot of closed eyes, but thank God you're in church. At least you're in the facility in Jesus' name. Your eyes closed or it's not closed or I'm still preaching good. Say hallelujah. <laughs> the, 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 the apostle Paul preached one day and he preached and he preached and he preached. And man, he was anointed, right? He was preaching, preaching, and this little boy was fast asleep. Fell from the window to the ground and died. That's how I anointed. <laughs> Paul, 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 Paul left, stopped preaching for a while, went downstairs, raised the boy back to life. So you know he was anointed, huh? Yeah. And went back and continued preaching. So the fact that you sleep has nothing to do with the anointing. In Jesus' name. Say hallelujah. It just means you didn't get enough sleep last night. So I don't know what you were doing last night. <laughs> but you didn't sleep well last night. In Jesus' name. Say hallelujah. So it's an expression of what? Love. It's a declaration of allegiance and surrender to God. I'm on God's side. It's not so much that he's on my side, though he is. And then here's the third thing. It's an act of war. And I should probably say, and a weapon of warfare. Because you see, when you say you're on God's side, the devil hears it, and he knows that means you're against him. You see, Jesus said, whosoever is not against us is for us. The devil says, whoever is not for me is against me. So when you declare you're on God's side, the devil said that person has just declared war. That's an act of war. That's an act of aggression. Because you are not going to be submitting to God, surrendering to God, serving God, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice for God, his enemy, to work in and through you. You are making yourself an instrument for God to do his will on earth. That is an act of war. Because now you have become an instrument for the kingdom of God to advance. For the works of the enemy to be overthrown. You have declared an act of war against the enemy. When Jesus declared his allegiance to God and God alone, the Bible says the next thing that happened was he left the wilderness and he came into the temple in Luke chapter 4 and he says the spirit of God is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and he began to heal the sick, cast out devils, open blind eyes and preach the gospel of the kingdom. When you declare your allegiance to God and your act of surrender, you offer yourself to be a living sacrifice. That's an act of war because now you have become the instrument God's battle axe by whom he will work on the earth to advance his kingdom in this world. You become the devil's enemy. But God's warrior. Hallelujah.
Are you ready for warfare? Are you ready to be used by God as an instrument of God to advance God's kingdom in the nations? Are you willing to be the instrument of God to proclaim the gospel? Are you willing to be the instrument of God to heal the sick? Are you willing to be the instrument of God to cast out devils? Are you willing to be the instrument of God to support the work of God with your finances and your time and your talent? Are you ready to advance God's kingdom by making yourself the instrument by whom God will work? That is what you do when you worship in spirit and in truth. Remember Abraham? God said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac, your only son, Isaac. I want you to see worship, what worship, real worship looks like. I want you to take Isaac, your only son, Isaac. And what do I want you to do? I want you to offer him. And I will show you where to do it. And Abraham obediently began his journey, and God then said, okay, here's where, on this mountain, this is where I want you to make the sacrifice. And Abraham took Isaac, and said to his servant, he said, you stay here, I'm going yonder to worship. So you stay here, I'm going yonder to worship. When Abraham said, I'm going yonder to worship, he was not saying to his servant, I'm going yonder to sing a song. Or I'm going yonder just to speak words to God. He says, I'm going yonder to worship. And he understood what it meant. I'm going yonder to present my son, to make a sacrifice, to offer myself and my son to God that his perfect will might be done. This is what God has required. This is God's will. And as costly as it is to me, I'm on God's side. I've declared my allegiance to God. I've submitted to God and now this is what God says and, and I don't have a choice but to obey him. And so he took the little boy, well, not a little boy, he was probably a teenager by that time. So he took his son and placed him on the altar. He offered his son as a sacrifice to God. And the scripture says, as Abraham was about to drive that knife through the heart of his son. Wow. Can you imagine that? God spoke. And this is what God said. Stop it. Now Abraham. Because you have done this thing. Because you have worshipped me like this. Because you have given yourself like this. Because you have not withheld even Isaac your most valuable, your most precious, the most dear possession, because you have offered Isaac 
to me. He says, listen, because you've done this, Abraham, I have sworn to myself. In other words, Abraham, when I watch you doing this, I said to myself, oh, you know, may God say some things to himself concerning you when he sees you worshiping, when he sees you surrendering, when he sees you submitting, when, you see, when he sees you serving, when he sees you being a living sacrifice unto him. God will say some things to himself concerning you. Oh, you got to hear me. This is something we need to know. God rewards worship. God rewards submission. God rewards service. God rewards sacrifice. God rewards the offering of ourselves to him. Totally completed. Abraham, I told myself something when I saw you doing that. May God tell himself something. When he sees me worshiping, when he sees me singing, when he sees me speaking, when he sees me submitting, when he sees me serving, when he sees me being a living sacrifice, may God speak to himself and tell himself something. He says, Abraham, this is what I told myself because you did this in blessing. I will bless you in multiplying. I will multiply you and your children, your children will become more numerous than the stars in the heaven, the grains of sand on the earth and all the nations of the earth. I'm going to bless you and I am going to make you a blessing. Yeah, it's an expression of love. It's a declaration of allegiance and submission. It's an act of war against the enemy. But thank God, when he sees it happening, he rewards it. He talks to himself and he says, I'm going to do this with him. I'm going to do this with her. I'm going to do this for him. I'm going to do this for her. I'm going to do this through him. I'm going to do this through her. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. I will be your God. Hear me. Get ready this weekend. Not to just do this superficially, go through the motion of singing songs and speaking words. Prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, prepare your souls. Be ready to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. We will sing songs and we will speak words. But beyond that, we're talking about 40 hours of submitting, surrendering, serving him, of doing his will, of reminding ourselves whose we are. We are his. What we are, 
we're living sacrifices. What we do, we submit, we surrender, we serve, we do his will, and we wage war against the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you. The Bible says when the, Bible, when the word of God is being spoken, there's some who are present, but who hear, but they don't understand. And the devil steals the word immediately. If you were present here or present wherever you are online, and you just heard this word, but you didn't really understand it, it didn't really get into your head, it didn't really get into your heart, the enemy just stole that word from you. This is warfare. Don't let it happen. This message is recorded. If you heard but you didn't hear, if you were here but you didn't hear, you didn't understand, for whatever reason you didn't follow, you didn't connect, the enemy stole the word. Thank God you can hear it again. Go to YouTube, put Bishop Darlington Johnson, this sermon will be there. Go to our church's website and go to, go to where else? The podcast, uh, go to Facebook, put Bishop Johnson, or put Harvest Intercontinental Church Only. But hear this word again and again until it gets into your mind and into your heart so that it can produce fruit. In Jesus' name? And everybody said? Now, if you're watching or if you're here, you cannot be a worshiper. You cannot worship in spirit of truth until you first declare Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. You see, there's a problem called sin, and the thing called sin separates us from God. And the only one who can deal with the sin that separates you from God is Jesus Christ. He's done that on the cross 2,000 years ago. He died for you, shed his blood, and paid the price for your sins. Now, if you will by faith receive him as Savior, put your faith in his death, and receive him as Savior and Lord, the sins that separate you from God will be completely forgiven. God himself, by his spirit, will come to live in you. And then because you now have this relationship with God and God is now living inside of you, you have what we call eternal life, you can now become one who can worship God in spirit and in truth. You can be delivered eternally from judgment and you can look forward to spending eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. But you've got to choose You've got to make the decision to receive Christ. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all of you who are here and those who are watching to pray this prayer from your heart. Now, if you just repeat words, nothing's going to happen. But if this comes from a place of sincerity in your heart,
that hear me, you will be saved. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you who are here to please pray with us. All of those who are saved, help those who are being saved to pray. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus who died for my sins. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I need salvation. I need a savior. I need you. Today, Jesus, I repent of my sins and I receive you and I declare you are my savior. You are my Lord. Come into my heart now. Take possession of my life and glorify yourself in me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer from your heart, God has heard it. Your sins are forgiven. God has come to live inside of you. You have what the Bible calls eternal life. Now you have an opportunity to grow, to know God. God has a purpose for your life. He wants to work in you to fulfill that purpose. You need to get to know him personally. You need to get to know his word. You need to get involved in a good local church and become active because these are means that God has established for you to grow. We want to help you. So this is what we want you to do. We want you to text the word M as in Mary, A as in Apple, F as in family, M-A-F. Text that word to our church 301-588-8099, 301-588-8099. If you're here, we encourage you to do that. If you're watching online, do the same thing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 